0: You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Hello, and welcome to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Episode 64 of Season 3, Episode 129 of The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show podcast May 27th, 2021, Thursday, as far as days of the week go, I want to ask you a very simple question, and I want you to think about it, and don't just throw your hands up, this is not entirely a rhetorical question, for a lot of people it would be, but not for me, I don't want to ask this rhetorically, I want to ask this whatever the opposite of rhetorically is, what is the opposite of rhetorically? No, that's not the question. Okay. What if China deliberately unleashed COVID? What if? What if they did? What if this didn't just come from a Chinese Communist Party virology lab in Wuhan? What if it didn't just accidentally get out of that level four lab in wuhan what if it wasn't accidental what if it didn't come from some chinese peasant eating bat soup per se what if that is just a clever way of describing what actually happened what if the chinese communist party is playing coy and its researchers, its scientists, its military intentionally concocted the coronavirus that we now know and love as COVID-19 so that it could be unleashed on the world. What if that turns out to be true? It either is true or is not true, regardless whether we know for sure. Our Finding it far fetched does not make it untrue. Our finding it highly plausible does not make it true. But it might be true. It might not be true. And if it is true, what does America do about it? What does the world do about it? And maybe more to the point, what does China do about it? That is the topic of this podcast. Today, and we'll start out by reading an article at com, and then we're going to just think through this a little bit to try and figure out what to make of it. Ryan Saavedra, I think I'm saying his name right, and I apologize to Ryan if I am mispronouncing his last name. Ryan Saavedra writes news and commentary for The Daily Wire, And he published a piece May 27th, 2021, that would be today, Biden Admin. We haven't ruled out a possibility that pandemic from China was deliberately unleashed. White House Deputy Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre refused to state on Wednesday if the Biden administration would punish China for the pandemic if it originated from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, WIV, and even went as far as to say that they haven't ruled out the possibility that the pandemic could have been deliberate. Jean-Pierre was repeatedly hammered by reporter after reporter on matters related to the administration pushing for an investigation into the origins of the pandemic in China. Jean-Pierre refused to answer questions related to what the consequences for China would be if they refused to comply with additional attempts to investigate the origins of the pandemic. One of the most shocking moments of the press conference was when Jean-Pierre was asked if the administration had ruled out the possibility that the pandemic was deliberate. Quote, we haven't ruled out anything yet, end quote, she answered. Quote, but again, we're going to go through this, you know, this redoubling down of another of a 90-day review, and we'll have more to share, end quote. The flurry of questions that John pierre answered came after President Joe Biden released a statement earlier in the day saying he directed, quote, the intelligence community to redouble their efforts to collect and analyze information that could bring us closer to a definitive conclusion and to report back to me in 90 days, end quote. Quote, As part of the report, I have asked for areas of inquiry that may be required, including specific questions for China. End quote. The statement continued. Quote, I have also asked that this effort include work by our national labs and other agencies of our government to augment the intelligence community's efforts. And I have asked the intelligence community to keep Congress fully apprised of its work. End quote. After answering several more questions about China, The pandemic, Fox News White House correspondent Peter Ducey asked if Biden would seek to punish China if the pandemic originated from a Chinese lab. Ducey. And then just one last one, on COVID-19 origins, if it turns out that COVID-19 originated from some sort of a lab accident in China, which the president now says one element of the intel community thinks is possible, would the president seek to punish China? Miss John Pierre. I <clears throat> we're not going to go there just yet. We have to go through the ninety day review, and once we have the ninety day review, we'll be able to reassess. Do see. But just on a thirty just to take a step back, anything that kills five hundred and ninety one thousand one hundred and sixteen Americans, is that something <clears throat> If another nation either was responsible or knew more than they were letting on, like you said, they weren't letting the inspectors in and that hurt the overall investigation forever, what would the president do? Would he do anything? Miss Jean-Pierre. I mean, he's doing something right now. He's been, he asked his team back in March, right? To do, to do this, to look into this, look into the origins of COVID-19. This is incredibly important. Like his statement says, we need to find out how, where the COVID-19 originated from. So the president has been very clear. He actually, you know, spoke out about this back in 2020. So this is not the first time we've heard his voice, his concern about the origins of COVID-19. So we're just taking the next step. I'm just not going to prejudge. I'm not going to make a statement until, you know, until we know what happens after this 90-day review. Jean-Pierre also refused to answer whether Biden has asked for the Chinese president, Xi Jinping, to cooperate with the investigation, saying that she would not go into details of private conversations that the president may have had with President Xi. I love the cover photo of Miss Jean-Pierre attached to this piece by Ryan Saavedra. She has this look on her face that I associate with just being absolutely not sure what to say. There's a shrug that immediately follows just an instant after the look on a face that she is displaying here. It's a shrug. It's a, I don't know. I don't know what to say right now. I am not sure how to answer the questions that you are asking because I'm not supposed to answer the questions that you are asking that you're asking I'm not supposed to answer these questions these are questions that we don't want to make a commitment regarding I mean the first four words here are we haven't ruled out possibility we haven't ruled out okay so haven't ruled out have you guys ruled out actually doing something about it if it turns out that this is an intentional act on the part of the Chinese government under Xi Jinping. Have you ruled out the possibility of doing something about it? Here's the rock and the hard place that Biden and the Democrats find themselves between. On the one hand, you have folks saying this was not really a pandemic You didn't have a death toll and a mortality rate associated with COVID-19, which justified the pandemic status. Everything was shut down so rapidly, so quickly that it never got to that point. And we don't know that it ever would have gotten to that point had things not shut down, but that this was a conspiracy. To put it very bluntly, to put it very briefly, this was a conspiracy by Democrats in this country, to try and drive Donald Trump out of the White House, to strip him of his chief claim, his chief uh, platform for his re-election in 2020. They wanted to drive a wedge between him and a booming American economy that Barack Obama and Joe Biden said could never happen again. They didn't want it to ever happen again because they had globalist wealth redistribution efforts in mind. That's what they pursued for eight years when Obama and Biden were in the White House last. And they were committed to that vision of equity on a global scale, redistributing wealth from the United States of America to other countries which are poorer and less developed The scales had to be tipped. You had to suppress American wealth, ingenuity, creativity, a penchant for growth, a penchant for development, expansion. You had to suppress that and shift our resources to other countries, some which hate us and chant death to America, and some which don't, some which are just poor. They're just poor. They're no harm to us. They're no risk to us per se. They're just poor. And somehow that is America's fault because if we had not been quite so wealthy and clever and creative and inventive and hardworking and free, those countries somehow would be more of those things. We took those qualities out of the universal stockpile. The universe has a a finite amount of those qualities to distribute to human beings and we took more than our fair share and so now there's not enough for these developing nations or third world countries but Trump ran on the opposite premise he ran on a return to American self-determination American self-interest here's a novel concept how about we do what's in the best interest of the American people can we do that is that legitimate? Is that okay that we care about American jobs and American families and American men, women, and children who perhaps want to do well and be prosperous and safe? Is that too much to ask? No, it's not too much to ask. In fact, that is our responsibility if we claim to be leaders of this country. If you want to be a global citizen, and you can read more about that in Revolt of the Elites. I'll put a link in the description for this episode. But if you want to be a global citizen, a citizen of the world like global elites have been vis-a-vis the post-war consensus after World War One and World War Two, the Wilsonian and FDR-type progressives who think the way to stop a World War Three from ever happening is to forgo national self-interest. If you want to be that kind of a person, you shouldn't be running our country, right? How about you run for United Nations, but you shouldn't be the president, you shouldn't be a part of his cabinet, you shouldn't be necessarily a member of Congress, you shouldn't be on the Supreme Court. You shouldn't be in power in this country if you really don't have the best interests of this country at heart. You take all these oaths when you assume the office of really any government position in America. You take these oaths to uphold the Constitution, for one, to serve and protect, to faithfully execute your duties. So help you God, you swear on a Bible. And the problem with the global citizens is that their chief loyalty is not to the United States Constitution. In fact, very often those of the left, the progressives that make up the lion's share of globalists, they don't think that the United States Constitution is a good document. In fact, they think it is a farce. They think that it is a lot of pretension and phoniness, that it was a clever ruse designed to mask a will to power on the part of landed aristocracy around the time of the American Revolution. These people wanted to protect their moneyed interests, their special interests, their status quo, and that's the way they think of republicanism. They think not just that republicans individually or as a party are bad. Republicans and republicanism are bad because... They support the republic, and these folks on the left, in the Democratic Party, and in the White House now, and in the House of Representatives, and in the United States Senate, they hate the American republic. They don't think that it ever should have been an American republic to begin with. So how do they feel about China potentially releasing This virus, on purpose, deliberately, as a, if you want to call a spade a spade, a bioweapon. How do they feel about it? Well, I think they feel a little bit conflicted. Because on the one hand, it does weaken this American republic that they think of and argue is a blotch in American history. We are on the wrong side of history if we are supporting republicanism and the idea that we're a nation of laws. The reason why they think that we should not be a nation of laws is because they hold to a philosophical tradition which in the relatively modern era of the past 500 years or so originates with Jean-Jacques Rousseau. It carries a strain of sentiment through the American Revolution in part, but more fully... In the French Revolution, all that business of guillotining rich, wealthy, empowered status quo folks in France, overthrowing the monarchy, doing away with the aristocracy, redistributing the properties of the Catholic Church in France, all of that had a lot to do with the philosophy of Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Thomas Paine also was very supportive of the French Revolution. Thomas Jefferson, to an alarming extent, was supportive of the French Revolution. And all of these figures held that superstition, as they called it, or more traditionally Christianity, was getting in the way of authentic self-expression. The chief aim of man should be to express himself authentically. And as you follow... Carl R. Truman's book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, you'll find that this idea of authentic self-expression without moral constraint, or at least without a fixed moral standard to inhibit our inclinations, sees rules and norms and tradition and religion, organized religion, as largely a force for evil more than a force for good. Whatever the claims to the contrary from prominent persons, they use religion when it's convenient to appear virtuous, just like Niccolò Machiavelli's The Prince. So is is it objectively wrong if China, in fact, carried out an economic Pearl Harbor on the United States of America, not just trying to bomb our nation's economy, but the world economy and to use COVID as a lever to drive a wedge between the United States of America and all of these nations, which post-World War II have depended to a great extent on the United States of America to trade with them, to finance them, to be charitable to them, to protect them. To share information and intelligence to send resources human resources material resources financial resources to be an example the chinese communist party hates the united states of america we're a necessary evil as a trading partner or at least we have been but the suspicion and my conviction is that China has decided that it's ambition for global domination, for proving that the Chinese people are racially superior to every other people on Earth, that ambition is now more important to them than the benefits of ongoing trade and cooperation with the United States of America. Trade was a means to an end, not the end unto itself. And if we assume that they are similarly motivated to what America has been, if we assume that they just want to trade and that's all they care about at the end of the day, we are going to be in for a rude awakening and it's just a question of years or decades before the jig is up, or maybe the jig is already up. That's the thing if China did deliberately unleash COVID-19, is that it would be an act of war. Plain and simple, it would be an act of war, and it would justify armed conflict with China. That's the answer to the question. The question of this podcast episode is, what if China did deliberately release COVID-19, hoist it on the world? And the answer to that question is, it would be an act of war, and it would justify armed conflict, and a deposing of the Chinese Communist Party as the ruling institution in China. Plain and simple. Now you can balk, you can scoff, you can shake your head, you can shake your fist, you can pound the table, you can click the pause button and close out of whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, but that's all there is to it. If, in fact, and this is a big if in my mind, but if, in fact, half a million and more and counting Americans died due to COVID-19, and if China deliberately released the pandemic, so-called as a weapon of war, economic warfare, sure. But if, in fact, that proves to be true, it makes the World Trade Center attack on 9-11, look trite by comparison. It makes what Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda did look rather cute and quaint and small potatoes. It's almost as if Xi Jinping looks at Al-Qaeda's attack on the quote-unquote great Satan, and he says, hold my beer. And it's an order of magnitude. We're not talking about 10 times as much death toll, we're not even talking about a hundred times. How many thousands died in the 9-11 attacks? 3,000, something like that. And that's not counting, obviously. First responders in New York City who contracted respiratory illnesses and cancer and things like that from being in the midst of these clouds of building materials that had been pulverized and were in the air as they're trying to rescue people, that's not counting that although that significantly raises the death toll of what Al-Qaeda did, and again justifies the fact that we went to war to topple the Taliban in Afghanistan, and we went after Saddam Hussein in Iraq, because the concern was, the report was, that Iraq had WMDs, and that Saddam was winking and nodding with terrorist organizations, which had just carried out a, a major attack on American soil. Now, the contention with regards to going into Iraq was that Hussein Saddam Hussein did not actually have WMDs because we didn't find any, supposedly. But again, I'm not convinced that that's actually plausible or cogent. WMDs very easily could have been snuck across the border into Syria That might have been what Bashar al-Assad's regime was using against ISIS. But suppose with me for a moment that Hussein had WMDs and we had proved it and we knew for a fact that Saddam Hussein was giving WMDs to Al-Qaeda to use against American troops and American men, women, and children on American soil. There's nobody respectable in American public life who would say still that it was a war crime, supposedly, so-called, for us to go barging into Iraq and kick in the doors and topple Saddam Hussein's regime. That just isn't. The reason why that war was dismissed as illegitimate, foolhardy, even maybe criminal, according to international law, which is nothing, right? What is international law? It's nothing. It's an idea. It's not an actual thing. If that is predicated on the idea that we didn't find WMDs, that tells me that if we had found WMDs, that would change the equation, and it would have justified the invasion of Iraq, and even the anti-war naysayers, George Bush should go to prison crowd. So then, it stands to reason... That if China deliberately released this pandemic in an election year because Trump had taken them to the woodshed in trade negotiations and they had lost face, which for East Asians traditionally, culturally, is the ultimate faux pas. You do not cause an East Asian peasant even, much less an authority to lose face and expect to get away with it. If this was an act of war, then war has been declared, a state of war exists. But of course, White House Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre doesn't wanna say if the Biden administration would punish China. Punish China, what does that mean? Like a slap on the wrist? You killed half a million of our people. You destroyed our economy. You drove the most successful president of my lifetime from re-election bid. You caused a great deal of human suffering around the world. You need more than punished if, in fact, you did all of that intentionally, on purpose, to advance your country's self-interest. Now, what's interesting here is National self-interest made Trump into an evil, evil man and anybody that voted for him into an evil person into a Nazi, right? Because the conflation is strong with this one and there's no difference in the minds of the left between a nationalist and a national socialist. If you are for national self-interest, national security, presumably national borders, uh, if you're for doing what's in the best interest of America, you are a Nazi. And Antifa will come and punch you in the face if they can get away with it. They'll burn down your courthouse. They'll set fire to your police precinct. They'll loot your appliance store. Go running through the streets with your televisions. But if China, as it pursues what. Its idea of national self-interest is unleashes a pandemic, again, so-called supposedly, and it craters the world's economy and it craters our economy and it kills 600,000 of our people. If China does it, we'll get back to you, right? We're going to have to think about that really hard. What is there to think about? (laughs) What is there to think about? You guys are quick to punch a quote-unquote Nazi if they support Trump and voted for Trump. And and more importantly, more to the point, if they voted for national self-interest, make America great again. Not equity, not communism, global communism, where you take American wealth and you redistribute it around the world. No, 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 no. That sounds like we already have been conquered by China. That's what China wants. Particularly, they want to redistribute American power and wealth and influence to themselves and add it to their own and we'll all be equal. Only some of us will be more equal than others, like the sign reads in Animal Farm by George Orwell. The first among equals will be China and we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you on what we plan to do about that if it ends up being the case. It astounds me the depth of hypocrisy and folly here. When Trump said China is a threat, it's a competitor, it's a concern. There's some really nasty people there in China. They make some really killer deals, but they're taking us to the cleaners. And we've got some really dishonest people here in America who have been giving everything away to China. He was talking about the folks who are now in power who staged a coup in 2020 to retake the White House. They barely, barely, barely worked out a tie in the Senate. They threatened to pack the Supreme Court as a kind of extortion scheme, go along with what we want or else. Lawfare terrorists, they lost a lot of ground in the House of Representatives, but these folks can only run on these lofty ideas, and when it comes right down to it, when the rubber meets the road, they make us extremely vulnerable to a depraved, amoral, evil regime in the Chinese Communist Party. I'm not talking about misguided. I'm not talking about well-intentioned, but try again. I'm saying evil. What the Chinese Communist Party does to its people, and to other peoples who get in their way or stand between them and their aspirations. What they do is evil. It's evil like what the Imperial Japanese did with the rape of Nanking, with the attack on Pearl Harbor, with the treatment of POWs and their families. It's evil like what the Nazis did. We're not the Nazis for saying... No, 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 America needs to be strong. We need to be we need to be strong enough to stand up to an aggressive China. We're not the Nazis for saying that. Look at what China is actually doing. Look at what they have done. Look at their history under communism, starting with Mao and Zedong, and look at what they are doing right now and what they intend to do. Skate to where the puck is going. Think with me for a second. The social credit score, the one-child policy, the treatment of the Uyghurs, the treatment of dissidents in Hong Kong. They're infiltrating American corporations, Western corporations, choosing strategically to place persons on the governing boards of American corporations. Censorship, big tech censorship, funding, quote-unquote, independent third-party fact-checkers for Facebook and Twitter, pulling strings, a lot of strings behind the scenes. And we play right into their hands. And the folks that vote for Democrats are giving the Chinese exactly what they need. I saw the headline. I didn't read it or watch it, whatever the content was that was attached to that headline. But I saw the headline, and it was enough for me to nod and say, yeah, Ben Shapiro yesterday, China is not winning. We are surrendering that's true. And you look at the expression on Corinne Jean-Pierre's face, she's shrugging. Oh, well, so what? What about it? One death is a tragedy. A million deaths is a statistic, as Joseph Stalin once said. What is 500,000, 600,000 American deaths if indeed they actually were due to COVID? You can't have your cake and eat it too. If you're saying this actually was a pandemic, if you're saying this actually was grounds for torpedoing the economy, for the spike in suicides, domestic violence, crime, hopelessness, substance abuse, economic despair, economic ruin, small businesses destroyed, life savings and retirement funds destroyed, people displaced, if you're saying that all of that really was due to COVID and not just hysteria regarding COVID, then what if you do nothing? Then what if there is not a reckoning for China? Where does that leave us? And what are you saying, right? If Japan bombed Pearl Harbor today, would this look on Karina? Jean-Pierre's face be attached to a similar headline. We haven't ruled out possibility that attack on Pearl Harbor from Japan was deliberate. Might have been deliberate when they flew the planes over and dropped bombs on our naval fleet docked at Pearl Harbor. Might have been deliberate. We haven't figured it out just yet. We'll get back to you. Give us 90 days. We need to review the footage. Well, I guess I mean all those bombs could have potentially fallen accidentally, and if it was an accident then I mean that's sad, it's regrettable, but I you know, we we haven't ruled anything out yet. And so the president is doing something, right? Like, no, he's he's doing something. Like you guys all heard him talk. That was doing something, right? Like, why can't we just leave it at that, guys? Come on, guys. Shrug. What's the big deal? Well, the big deal is, if this was not actually a pandemic, then you Democrats are traitors. This was a coup, and you knew it, and you hyped it up, and the death toll associated with COVID did not justify you pulling a Hail Mary to try and regain power in this country. If this was not really a pandemic, if it really wasn't as bad as all that, then your actions the past year were traitorous and treacherous and wrong and evil. If it really was a pandemic and China deliberately unleashed it on us all, not just on this country, but on countries across the world, then there has to be a reckoning. And every country in the world should be on board for that reckoning. But get back to us in 90 days, I suppose. You'll have more to share after your review. I, I suppose you guys are going to look for ways to disentangle the children of career politicians in various bureaucracies, in Congress, in the Senate. Their children have to get some other work lined up, maybe. They can't all keep on working for Chinese banks and Ukrainian gas companies. They're going to have to come up with another plan. And once they are securely positioned in some other companies, in some other countries, then maybe, maybe we can do something about China. Probably not still, honestly. Like probably not going to do anything about China. But we'll get back to you. I'm not going to pretend to know how a war with China would go but I will say this I am very firmly against throwing up our hands and saying China can kill 600,000 of our people if in fact they did that that's what happened China can kill 600,000 of our people and they're so big already and we care more about the money involved in continuing to trade with them that we're going to just let that go no biggie Let's not fight and bicker over who killed who. This is supposed to be a happy occasion, as the character in Monty Python and the Holy Grail says. Let's not fight and bicker over who killed who. I'll get back to you on this. There's definitely going to be more to say. There's definitely going to be more to think through here. But for right now, we'll leave it at that. Pray for this country. Pray that our leaders have wisdom so that we can live in peace, living quiet lives, minding our own business, working with our hands. That's what I say. As always, thank you for listening. If you've got some additional thoughts on this, I'd like to hear it. If you think that COVID was bat soup, literally, uh, why? And if you think it was bat soup, mm, figuratively, using some creative license, By bat soup, we mean bat virus in a petri dish, which we then helped to become transmissible to humans and then also transmitted to humans and then also put people on planes and flew them to Europe and America. Um, That's kind of like bat soup. That's what we mean by bat soup, right? If you think that's more likely, uh, well... I agree with you. So we'll see what happens. God willing, we live and do this for that. But I got to run. That's all for this episode. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless.